You're listening to the TV Obsessive channel, presented by tvobsessive.com. Hello and welcome back to episode 35 of the TV Obsessive podcast. I'm Ryan Kirksey, writer and contributor for tvobsessive.com. And as always, joined by Cameron Crane, executive editor for the site True Detective Talk today. Do you have any oranges to uh, to to keep you uh, keep you tied over till then? You know, I don't know. One just rolled out from under the bed for no reason. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. That's, that's, uh, that's a I also have no idea what that's about. I think I won't look under the bed. That's why. <laughs> yeah, we got some of that. We got some of that coming up uh, a, a little bit later. What what uh, how's it going today? What's going on? Uh, it's going pretty well. Just said we're going to dig in on True Detective Night Country Part 4, the latter part of the pod. Uh, first, we'll you know, hit on some recent news items and talk about what we're watching and, and things like that. We're putting these out on Sunday night right after True Detective airs. Um, cards on the table. We, I'm just going to say for today, we, we are recording on Friday. I just read before we got on the air that Carl Weathers died, and uh, let's, let's start there. Yeah, we we should start start there. Um, just uh, came across our our feeds, as it were, about about an hour or so ago. Um, c- certainly, you know, for a period of time, one of the more uh, pro- prolific movie stars that yeah. we had more recently had been on The Mandalorian and other TV projects. But um, I mean, I just introduced my son to happy Gilmore a couple weeks ago and he bought a Chubbs Funko pop after, after we watched yeah. the movie. So he, he, I just told him he took the news, the news pretty hard, but uh, yeah, yeah big, big loss today. I mean, he's created that and he took this comedic turn largely with, with, with TV work. Yeah. Not the Mandalorian obviously, but he had a stint on Arrested Development. Yep. Right. Um, and I don't know if happy Gilmore was the first time when, he kind of showed up in that way because, of course, back in the day, he was Apollo Creed, he was a predator. Um, these things were a bit more serious, but yeah. he started to become a, often playing himself too. Yes, and like the joke was that, like, oh, Carl Weathers is really like this guy who will offer you a bone and say, "Oh, make a stew," you know. Like <laughs> he was great. Carl Weathers is absolutely great. Really yeah. sad Maybe that, on the short list of know. one of the most memed and gift actors. Ever right? You think of the Predator scene, Apollo scenes, uh, Chubbs. He, he's got some uh, some some widely used gifts and meme, memes out there. Yeah, absolutely. It is great. I guess from what I read, uh, it said he died in his sleep. I think so. So, uh, but but that is a that is a loss. Yeah. Um, other things in the news uh, this week. What caught your eye? Yeah, so one show that I loved from last year that is getting a season two hijack from Apple TV Plus. We talked about this a little bit uh, yeah. several months ago. So, you know, as you can understand from probably the premise, even just by the title of the show, uh, sort of what it's about. So I don't know if this is just the unluckiest guy in the world or sort of what they're going to do with the season two. Um you know, I hate to make a living being on hijacked planes, but uh, yeah. the, the, this one with this show with Idris Elba was six episodes. I mean, nonstop action and and kept your interest. It was kind of a TV gone by series. It was just, I thought, phenomenal. Glad they're going to do a season two, but I have no idea what they're going to do with it. 
Yeah, it's been on my radar. I just haven't watched it. I was about to ask, like, is the plane still being hijacked at the end of season one? Because that'd be surprising. So, yeah, I see what you mean. A little bit of a Speed 2 vibe. Yeah, oh, no, it's a boat. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, um, we're, we're, we'll see what they do. But uh, the, the way the season one ends, they sort of set Idris, up, Idris Elba up as a character who could do certain things in certain situations maybe going forward doesn't necessarily have to be a hijack play and so he can mm. he can play that role in lots ooh, of different ooh, 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 ooh. maybe he'll put him in a situation where like he has to hijack the play there you go there yeah. you go all right now we're talking yeah i don't i have no idea so i so i'm watching i, like, I love Idris Elba. Uh, did you watch luther yes yeah, i've seen some of luther yeah first uh, first season i think the first season was just Excellent, you know, like knock it out of the park. Good. They recall the second season, thinking like oh, this is pretty good. And I think they've made more since then. But I, I was already kind of feeling like they lost the um, the magic of the yeah. of the first season. Um, but he's really good. Uh, other other things, and we're getting a lot of show announcements. Right, all, so I mean, all the time. Um, be aware. Those who are listening, <laughs> I'm going to mention a couple of things. We'll talk about them, and they probably won't be on the air for another year or two. For <laughs> all right, um, but a couple of things that uh, seemed really exciting to me personally. Um, HBO apparently is going to adapt Jillian Flynn's novel Dark Places. Um, we we're talking about this a little bit before we signed on. Uh, you said you've seen Gone Girl. Do you enjoy Gone Girl? I, I did enjoy Gone Girl. I mean, it, it, this was obviously the about 10 years ago. This was the global phenomenon, this book, and then the Ben Affleck, Rosamund Pike movie. Um, did enjoy that movie quite a bit. I have not seen Sharp Objects. I'm looking at her rough history here, Jillian Flynn's history here. The, there's not much left after Dark Places to, to adapt. Apparently, she's got something in the works. But I, I've heard great things about Sharp Objects. It's definitely on my list. Um so yeah, this, I mean, HBO found success with that one. They're surely going to pick up with whatever they can that's that's left. And it seems like the one book that has not been adapted yet. Yeah, Sharp Objects, quite good. You know, I did watch it as it aired. I haven't revisited it, but it's one of those things that I do think about potentially revisiting at some point. Uh, watching it in real time, the way that it ended, I had some minor quibbles about. It I wasn't so sure uh -huh. about, but I do. But that makes me wonder if I did take the time and rewatch it, maybe I'd come around on that. That certainly happened to me before with, say, uh, The Sopranos, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, infamous ending of the show <laughs> with that one. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. Again, nowhere near a release date. This is like a, hey, we're going to start producing the show. And, you know, actually, sometimes those things don't even happen. But yeah. I'm fairly confident, given that it's HBO, they have the history with Jillian Flynn, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was going to happen. Uh, same I, I with for, for some people, it just becomes a we're going to acquire the rights to this so that no one else can do it. We have it when we're ready, ready for it. We don't want anyone else taking over this project. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it does kind of seem like Jillian Flynn. We're gonna, you know, you gotta kind of adapt all our work. Like that. So um I'm fairly confident. Another one, so this is also a book adaptation. Um apparently the working title at least is Death by Lightning. Um yeah. this seems a little bit further along. You've got the Game of Thrones creators 
attached. Benioff, uh, Benioff and Weiss are attached. I don't know how I feel about that, but I am <laughs> all on board for the fact that it's also supposed to star Matthew Faden and Michael Shannon. Particularly the latter for me gets me excited. Um, what do you think? Yes, yeah, so th this is interesting. I, I guess Netflix has got Benioff and Weiss as sort of a multi-show deal of sorts. We've talked about how Next month, uh, we will have Three Body Problem from these same mm -hmm. two will debut towards the end of the month. Um, but boy, if you had given me a thousand guesses as to what they would do next, I don't know that I would have come up with with uh, this story about the assassination of James Gar Garfield. I, I just yeah. <laughs> the, sure the people in it sound great, but I have no idea how you're going to do something something like that. Well, I'm intrigued. You know, yeah. I'm not um, enough of. Uh history buff oh i don't like that word but anyway <laughs> I, I, I like i knew a little bit about what happened to james garfield i don't actually know the details so i am interested also on the historical front um my surface level understanding is that um the guy who well ultimately killed him was like had been a fan or supporter or whatever and so I don't know. I've seen some people saying that the book is quite good. Um, I don't have it at the ready. The title of the book is a little bit different, but I'm sure people could find that easily enough. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited about this. I think it was smart to, and again, we have no idea how long it will be before we see this, but smart to get Matthew McFadden in this show. I mean, I think there 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 is a group of people that anything Tom Williams game is in for the future, they will they will watch it. Like he just developed that much yeah. of a following. So this is this was a smart move, I think. Yeah, and I can see that again. I'll, I'll say it whenever it comes up. I guess not personally really a Succession fan, but you know I know a lot of people are. Michael Shannon though, oh come on man. Yeah. Like I, I haven't there, he did something relatively recently on like Showtime that didn't really. The topic didn't really pique my interest, but I still thought about watching it because mm. Michael Shannon was in it. You know, this was, I think it was a show on about Waco or something. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, was he David Koresh? Probably the Waco biopic. I don't know if he was David Koresh. I should look that up again because Michael Shannon, <laughs> I've always felt like he was great uh, in everything. I've seen him in. Uh, for me, Boardwalk Empire is kind of the standout, but. Oh, yes. Yes. Love, love. Love that. Uh, yeah, so Michael Shannon. Yeah, he was in a Waco miniseries. Yes, it looks like it was on. Looks like it was on. On Showtime. No, I'm not seeing. On Paramount Network, Showtime, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I half knew what I was talking about. He was Gary, Gary Nessner, I guess apparently one of the FBI men. Yeah, he didn't really seem like a David Koresh type to me. He's... <laughs> much more i mean the, the g-man yeah you know <laughs> yeah right. like in boardwalk empire which was which was fantastic now exactly now i kind of want to go watch boardwalk empire again um follow up on something from last week we talked about the quote-unquote george carlin quote-unquote ai generated quote-unquote <laughs> comedy special um and uh yeah so lawsuit uh from kelly carlin they filed it. Um, they pulled the video of the special. And uh, then uh, their first response was, um, actually, a human being wrote that. What do you think about that? I, 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 
I'm not at a loss for words for many things, but you know, we went through this whole this whole thing last week about the the yeah the response from the daughter, how obscene and insulted they were by this, and how they would take this content and then to come back and say that it, you know, you, you put this out there that you use this technology to create something new using something so you know something so precious and something so just revered in terms of George Carlin. Now you're saying that you, I, I, I just. It's like, what are the what are we doing now? I mean, it's, I just, it's so I, bizarre. It's so bizarre. So I mean, I'll get in there first of all. Um, the lawsuit is proceeding along yes, the lines yes. of, um, you know, name and likeness rights and all of that kind of thing. Um, personally, I'm weirdly almost disappointed because I was hoping for a court case that would have to decide something about AI. You yep. know. Um, I guess we're not getting it there, but it is odd that they're like, so the whole idea of it being AI was just a PR stuff. That's what we're yeah, saying. Yeah. Why? See, I guess it was. Why say that? I mean, you want people to come subscribe to your YouTube channel. I guess that was the reason to, to say it that way. I guess. Or they're lying and that they really yeah. did use AI to do yeah. it. I mean, that, I guess that's that possible. Is, if there's a lawsuit, that very well could be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll come out. I don't know. Um, but uh, very weird. I guess if nothing else, I got the video pulled, and um, I'm happy about that. Yeah, we'll, exactly, exactly. We'll, been, it has been pulled down. We'll see what happens with the lawsuit. Certainly, I'll try to keep an eye on it. But of course, court cases can take quite a long time to resolve. You know, oh it might yeah, be like two years from now, <laughs> we finally uh, find out what the ultimate result. We is. finally so, learned if it was a AI or not. Well, don't hold your breath on that. Um. One thing we have found out this week, we haven't talked talked much suits on this podcast. You know, these streaming, we did, all right. the we talked about how phenomenon. everyone was watching suits. Yeah, the this streaming summer. phenomenon of twenty twenty three. So apparently, in twenty twenty three, fifty seven point seven billion minutes of suits was streamed, by far the highest number of any show for any year that the Nielsen data has been public. And so, to no one's surprise, there's a suits spinoff, suits colon L A. It is coming. I think it is. Is it NBC picked up a pilot? I won't be surprised if that pilot goes straight to series based on the, the success of the streaming. But I think this was just like you could have bet your house on there being some more Suits content after the success of 2023. Yeah. And I mean, I think I mentioned to you before, there was a point. This was uh, however many years ago. I binge watched the first like four seasons of Suits. <laughs> <laughs> that was all that was available at the time. Yeah. So I could I could relate to how it is that people are like, I'm going to binge Suits because it's like it's very, very bingeable show. It's yeah. kind of light, you know, in, in a way. It's it's uh, um, it's not, no, not what you call a thinking man show, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say. But like, it's pretty good. It's fun. Um, you could obviously tell it was not filmed in New York City, although it was supposed to be set in New York City. <laughs> They're like Montreal. Or yeah, like like, for this one, they're like, we're not going to make anybody move anywhere. We're just going to rent a rent an office building. We're going to go put together a script and put suits on it. People are going to watch it. Yeah, but see, here's here's the biggest thing. I wonder is um, so I don't know how the original suits ended. You know, oh, because yeah, although I binged through those four seasons, that was all that was available and. Uh, for me, it wasn't the kind of show where I was like really on the edge of my seat for more to come out. I mean, it was airing, 
when yeah. I when I did this, you know. So it wasn't like, oh, here's season five. I'm going to watch it right away. I just it just kind of I wasn't even paying attention and never got back to it. So um, still, I'm wondering: is there a connection with the original suits? What is the connection with the original suits? Yeah, this um, this link that we have from Hollywood Reporter says that it centers on someone um, who is reinventing himself after moving to L.A. I don't see, at least firsthand, a connection between the last show, although Patrick Adams was interviewed and said he's ready to go. If I got the phone call, I'm ready to suit up again, he says. So there, you go. there would likely be a connection at some point, if not in the pilot. They'll figure it out. Megan yeah. Markle will probably not be in yeah, it, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I, that, that would be awesome if she was. Yeah, really. She's just really like, you know what? Because I mean, I I don't care about the royal family really, but I know that they're like kind of on outs, and there's all this stuff, you know. I, I and uh, my personal feelings that it'd be kind of great if she just like gave the middle finger. I was like, I'm gonna do some more suits. That's what yeah, I'm right. <laughs> my husband's about to be king or whatever, and we'll just suits. do a whole a whole arc of the the royal family and on suits la and she can come just light light the match she was like a paralegal or something and and there was a whole kind of like will they won't they kind of thing going on as i recall i mean she was relatively central to the show yeah but yeah i'll figure it out Uh, other things happening related to uh shows that have been off the air for a while um the community movie Mm. Donald uh, Glover says it's the script is done. The script is done, yeah. Yes. But he hasn't read it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the other thing that stood out to me is he says he's all in and that has been something of a question, you know. Um, maybe it was kind of resolved before this, but something that people have wondered since he left the show halfway yeah. through uh, whether we'd be getting Troy in the movie and it looks like the answer is yes and you know, that's exciting we're going to get our hashtag six seasons in a movie eventually yeah and I think that if I've read the tea leaves correctly and followed this for a little bit of time all non-Chevy Chase participants are are ready to do this They're, they've at least verbally committed to hey we'll We'll get this this thing going in. Even uh, Ken Jong has said he's in. Ken Jong has said that Joel McHale has nothing going on. He's available <laughs> for the time. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> See, I don't think that's fair because it seems to me like Joel McHale actually does a lot. He just yeah, does a lot does. of like <laughs> fluffy stuff. It's like, hey, man, uh, you want to host a game show? Sure. <laughs> like, um, he's on the Rob Lope app. Yeah, somewhat, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, but of course, uh, he used to host uh, Talk Soup. Yes, I love, yeah, I love Talk Soup, and then they made it the soup. Yeah, that that's a that was a man. We need more of that, more of that. Of course, not really possible anymore when everyone's seen every video twenty times by the time the show yeah. airs. Point, but. It used to be fun to watch show, and uh, also, do you ever used to watch um, on VH1 that show, Best Week Ever? Yes. Oh, I yes. Enjoyed that at the time too. Yes, those were those were the best shows ever. Oh, <laughs> okay. What else we got going on? That's a lot of 
news any um anything you're watching uh different from what we've been talking about in previous weeks um i did finally get around to watching the first episode of mrs davis oh good okay i'm curious to know what you thought i thought it was very good yeah and i don't know why i didn't watch it sooner other than that i didn't have peacock but you know <laughs> the nfl tricked me into signing oh. up for peacock so I thought, well wait i've got peacock so I can watch Mrs. Davis. Yeah, uh, they got you. Uh, they got you for one more month at least. Uh, and I'm going to watch Poker Face too because I didn't watch that because I didn't have Peacock. Oh yeah, both shows very much worth worth watching in my opinion. And uh, and then we'll see if I if I stick around on the on the <laughs> Peacock. Uh, but Mrs. Davis certainly was on my radar prior to it coming out, and yeah. um, it is as advertised kind of bananas yes and i've been told um like <laughs> i was talking to uh brian allen writes for the site was written a little bit on the show and he's supposed to write more but you know he's busy and uh i said hey i finally started watching mrs davis and it's like oh that's great it's like let me know when you get to the wtf moment <laughs> it's like you'll know what i mean I'm like will yeah, i yeah. Because I already, like, there were already some of those in the first episode. It's like, oh, no, you'll know. And so apparently funny, down the line, there's going to be, like, some big, you know. When you said that, I think three moments popped into my mind. So it could be <laughs> any of a number of things. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> no, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad to watch that. I'd be curious to know. It's a hard show to predict. It is an interesting show to keep up with. And certainly something I think will keep your attention throughout the throughout the end. Good Good, good recommendation there. Yeah, we'll see. I may well end up binging the rest of it this weekend. There's no football on, right? So. Exactly. Yeah. What well, about you? Another thing coming out this weekend. It's the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, I can't turn on a TV or flip on a podcast this week without hearing Larry David just all over the place talking about about this. And apparently, he attacked Elmo. On the he attacked show. Elmo. What's that about? <laughs> Elmo went on. Twitter and was like checking in with people to see yeah, how they're doing. And then, you know, I, this I blame the Today Show. You can't you can't put Elmo and Larry David in back to back interview segments and expect something to just everything go swimmingly. So yeah, Larry David attacked Elmo. He is uh, you know, got his show coming back Sunday night. Um, I, I have I think we've talked about I have in the past year caught up to this show. This will be my first time to watch it week to week. I wonder if I will enjoy this much it's very much a okay i can take this in big chunks and then leave it for a while um yeah. so but very excited about it it, it it coming back here's to see there's no beginning or end to curb your enthusiasm but just yeah. sort of how do you want to reflect on what's going on in 2024 that's gonna be interesting to me right i think i mentioned before um that i know that i am several seasons behind and i don't know how many because they also have relatively big gaps in between yes. some of these seasons and I totally lost track. And um, yeah, it's, I've had the thought of maybe trying to catch up. As you say, I don't know how necessary it would be to catch up, but yeah. it's still kind of how my brain works. Yeah, um, the, the you're right. There, there are small arcs within seasons, but the arcs don't matter. What ma what matters is you know, Larry being well, a virgin with other other people. Except I do. I mean, within a season, I do remember in the one season where Curb Your Enthusiasm pulled off what is in my mind maybe the best kind of callback joke ever or where they like laid the groundwork for it meticulously over the course of the season 
where this is where he was dating the doctor and he couldn't read mm. her handwriting and he had the family coming to live with him from after Katrina and their last day was black and he goes to the pharmacist and has a read. You remember that? Oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> they they just spent so much time getting to that oh, joke. Man. It was uh, it was pretty Yeah, pretty it good. is it is obviously funny it is irreverent it is clever um i'll, I'll be sad just to see it end we have a, at least a few more weeks of a new curve before curtains curtains fall on it yeah that's great so it's supposed to be the last season i really should like yeah get caught up or watch it as it airs or yeah, something so anyway you, you can see it as it as it ends that that's that's a good idea but other than that no that's uh that's uh that's about it for me except for this and true detective right on yeah um so let's get to true detective eh? uh, we're going to talk about true detective night country part four no episode titles again also known as season four episode four however you want to do it um with spoilers so after a brief musical interlude we're going to dig in be aware that everything's on the table through this fourth episode of season four of True Detective, potentially including things from previous seasons, although probably not a ton. Um, and yeah, see you on the other side. All right, we are back with True Detective Night Country Part 4. This episode written by Namzi Khan, Chris Mundy, and Issa Lopez, directed once again, as they all have been, by Issa Lopez, who created the show. Um, we start with the continued search for evidence, for information, for location, as Chief Danvers can't sleep and is desperate to find out where these ice caves are, where... Annie's video was taken that we saw at the end of part three. She's visiting anyone she can, including, you know, old flames who were the high school teachers, much to the dismay of, of uh, the spouse to try to get uh, to get information, going to them on Christmas Eve, asking for maps. I mean, she'll stop it. She'll stop at nothing. Um, while this is happening, Julia, Navarro's sister, her hallucinations are getting worse. So Navarro checks her into a facility but when she's still seeing things inside her room, including this orange that we referenced earlier, Julie escapes, walks out into the tundra, out into the frozen ocean, committing suicide. This just sends Navarro off the deep end into a blind rage. She gets beaten up by some miners that she confronted earlier in the season. She's having a breakdown because she admits to Danvers that she thinks she might be next. And Danvers lets us know that it seems like the Wheeler case, the case of the abusive husband that was referenced in the last episode, was perhaps where all of this started for her. Uh, in the prior household, a lot's going on. Pete's life is getting worse and worse because he can't say no to Chief Danvers. He can't uh, even make it home for Christmas Eve. Um, Hank Pryor's mail-order bride, surprise, didn't arrive from, from Russia like she said she would. You can never trust the Russians. We know that. Um, but what thing Pete does is identify a man named Otis Hayes, who had years back suffered similar injuries to the men trapped in the corpse sickle. And so they set off to track him down, 
try to find out more information about why he might have uh, suffered those things. Uh, as we see some daytime start to emerge, Navarro and Danvers get a lead about a man fitting Raymond Clark's description in the pink parka that we saw in episode one. They search for him in the trenches outside of Ennis. While in those trenches, Navarro's hallucinations continue and continue to get worse. And Danver finds Otis Hayes, who tells them they're all in the night country now. Uh, very dense, sort of thick pieces of of, yeah. um, of of plot in this episode. I don't know they're necessarily closer to finding out the the solving no. the or figuring out the you know what the mystery is. We're in the night uh, country, right? Yeah, it's we're in, it's, it's a night country. All we know now is that we are in night country. Everybody's lives in Ennis are awful, and they're getting worse. And we uh, have one more name to add to the list of things that are just making this a very mysterious, very um, unnerving season. So, what uh, what's a good place to start here? Well, you know, I don't know. There's there's kind of a lot. We start at the end. We start. I don't know. What about that? I mean, maybe we start with the night country. I don't. How how did this land for you in terms of? It's an instance where you have a bit of dialogue where, like, the name of the show or movie is in the dialogue. Yeah, well, you know, I don't remember in seasons one through three, you know, McConaughey or or Marshall ever saying, "We are true detectives." You know, well, I'm a true detective. <laughs> yeah. you know, so I, that's not my favorite thing when that happens. I have to combine that with the fact that I don't think we'd heard of this Otis character until about fifteen minutes into this episode. So to have him be sort of this central figure that provides this or what's going on here at the end of this um you know i i guess that you know i can't complain too much about that but i'm very curious to see what that means there's clearly a sort of a double entendre here between the night country where there is no day and what his message of what night country means but yeah open to interpretation of what that is yeah i guess i mean it is interesting i'm pretty okay with it they discover this guy otis um and we should probably emphasize almost how right because danvers had asked pete to look for anyone who had similar injuries to yeah. the guys in the corpsicle and this is whom he came up with and then he does actually seem to be connected to things um what happened to him how did he get those injuries yeah. does seem like a significant lead in terms of trying to figure out what happened to the researchers. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he's also a drug addict. And I don't know, actually, like where things were left at the end of the episode was a little bit odd because Danvers was talking to him. Um, I feel like they should be bringing him into the station, don't you? Yeah, so it, it, I, I will admit, this, this part both confused me and frustrated me. You, you, you know, when I'm really dive deep in sort of a whodunit show to have someone introduced two-thirds of the way through that has had no bearing or reference to what's happened so far is, is sometimes fr frustrating i understand the the methods by which this person is, is brought in but now he's just you know at the place that they you know decide to go look for for raymond clark and so that that part of confusion as to why why that's the case. And then, yeah, so she confronts, Danvers confronts him. He says, you know, he, he either he is, 
has absorbed some kind of something like these the rest of these people have in the town or he is high on drugs and talks about being in the night country but then it seems like she leaves him to go find navarro navarro is seeing ghosts and she's looks scared out of her mind and so yeah it's sort of this ominous ending that has no real answers to it i didn't i wasn't a huge fan of how it played and yeah. we'll see how it picks up next episode in terms of this as i say it feels to me like okay you've got this guy otis he is a significant lead you yeah. find him it further seems like he's wearing raymond clark's jacket or parka uh, again that seems significant so she's grilling him, asking him where Raymond Clark is, right? But again, it feels to me like as the detectives here, they should be bringing that guy in with them at yep. this point. But the way it plays feels like Danvers responds by going, oh, he's in that country. All right, thanks for your time. Yeah. You know, got, got the, yeah. Go, go about your heroin. You know, yeah. see you later. <laughs> and I just... Uh, I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe that's what? not right. Like maybe she cuffed him and left him somewhere and went to look for Navarro, and they are going to take him right. in at the beginning of the next episode. Um, but it kind oh, of felt a little bit like she was satisfied with the answer uh, that he is well, in the night country. That, one of the things I think Captain Connolly, who was back in this episode again, and Pete Pryor have have made clear to us in this season is that Danvers is a pretty shitty cop. I mean, personally, professionally, I think it's a sense of we don't exactly know what happened in the Wheeler household, you know, who did what, and who called for what, and who's covering it up. But, uh, yeah, it's almost like everything's a means to her own ends, no matter what else is has she has to push off to the side right so so i don't we don't know what happened here. We don't know what's happening with Otis, what she decided to do here, but it's uh she doesn't seem to be well let me put it this way i don't blame captain Connolly for saying we need to have other people go take care of this stuff because you're kind of overwhelmed with seven dead bodies girl killing herself mine versus native protests she she's just she she's on the verge of losing it yeah i don't know perhaps right i mean at least there, there is a level at which she does strike me as a good detective but not yeah person <laughs> you know um and what everything Connolly says about you know she's not good with people um that pans out we also in this episode get apparently her stepdaughter leah is the one who vandalizes the uh, mine office or whatever um and she tells kate no you're not allowed to press charges I don't yeah know. Is that going to go anywhere? I mean, um, yeah, which which eventually causes the friction that that forces Leah out of the house um, to go live at the Priors' house. It seems like, um, yeah, this has been b building and building and building, which is why it was strange. I think at the very beginning of the episode, Danvers can't sleep. She goes in like has this sweet moment with Leah, where she's just sort of looking over her, but it's after she watched the video of of Annie again. So yeah, that just sort of. I think after that moment shocked me that that oh they they have now had some irreconcilable things happen between the two of them. Yeah, and I wonder where that's going, if anywhere. Um, as we'll talk about in a minute, the stuff with Navarro's sister did go yeah. somewhere. So um, maybe the stuff with Leah also will go somewhere. That that I mean, 
to be clear, I mean somewhere that like ties into the mystery or or what have you. If not, if it's just there in terms of the interpersonal dynamics of these people's lives in the yeah. story, that's fine, right? Um, but I don't know, man. Leah's being a can I say she's being a stupid teenager? <laughs> like, what are you doing? You gonna vandalize the Yeah, yeah. I, I mean whatever the things that we saw in the first couple episodes you know not great maybe teenagers being teenagers but yeah to go it seems like a day and a half ago you joined this this sort of this group that protests against the mines now you're already spray painting murderers across the across the door this is not sort of a good trajectory for you to be on and i i found myself as any you know once that split happened between leah and danvers why are they also focusing so much on this episode on apparently, I think his name is Holden, the son that she had that has died at this point. What's going to happen to Leah. That's really going to cause some sort of breakdown by Danvers because she hasn't been able to protect another, another child, but there'll be retribution against Leah for this. You know, I just did sort of this connection there that might need to be made because this, episode and others have focused so much on this child that we believe to be lost yeah that's true right and i mean i think it's pretty clear to me that from danvers point of view she has some relatively rational worries about leah getting involved with this stuff because annie was involved with this stuff and the theory that that's what got her killed is not groundless right um on the other side of things i don't know what leah expected like that this is the impetus for the massive massive falling out. She's going to storm out of the house on Christmas Eve. What what did she want uh, Liz to do? She wanted him to say, oh, "Okay, go ahead and press charges." Like, is that what you wanted? Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 that's that's one thing I think that if maybe Leah had been next to Danvers when Danvers is is basically pleading with the mine owner to not press charges would this have been different you know we just don't know yeah but you know she's a teenager and (laughs) realistic enough i suppose but yeah i mean as you noted uh no one's life seems to be going particularly well danvers gets uh incredibly drunk although she does seem to make a break in the case as she's uh, drinking her absolute you know, and she goes to Connolly and he yells at her. And so they don't even, <laughs> she doesn't even get her, you know, um, hook up. Um, Hank Pryor, as expected, was being scammed, apparently. Was being scammed. He is, his son finally asked him, did you, in fact, send her money? You know, we knew from the very first moment we saw this that she is not going to show up when she says she is. Um I almost when you saw the gift, when you saw the the champagne in the fridge, you saw him picking up rose petals one by one off his bed. I mean, this guy is an idiot, but you I almost felt bad for, for him. What happened? I, I did kind of feel bad for him, particularly. I mean, all that stuff, yeah, but particularly when he was at the airport, because there was a brief moment where I found myself thinking. Maybe she is real. Yeah. You know, maybe she is going to get off the plane. Yeah. You know, and, and the way they filmed that and everything, like, no. You know, <laughs> um, but he's, um, at least in what he says to his son, 
in denial and i and i wonder how much in his own mind he is um in denial as opposed to realizing at this point that he's been scammed yeah i i, I had that same thought is it just a is it just a front you're putting up for your son um when clearly everyone can see that you know that this is what has happened you, you've been you've been catfished here um and that even though he doesn't want to and we've seen this disruptive relationship between him and his son he has no one else to turn to like i have to turn to my son and his family which may or may not like me as we you know we go into go into christmas yeah i mean i think it probably is that i think he probably does realize at this point yeah um, that he's been scammed but he will never ever ever admit it right exactly right? Exactly. Um, he'll confabulate or whatever, you know, come up with something <laughs> like, oh, her mom got real sick. And, you know, it's not, not going to work out. Um, let's see. On the, um, let's go on that, st sticking on the kind of interpersonal for a little bit. Talk about the Julia stuff. Yeah. Um, this was quite sad. Yeah. This was very tough because it's almost the sobering part of realizing what's happening to her. And then she and Navarro realizing that the best thing for her is to go into this facility and just sort of the emotion of doing that. And you think about having to do that on Christmas Eve. You think about the idea of what your sister must be going through and to then see her. I mean, we watch her disrobe and go out into this, you know, this sea or whatever it is for, you know, which which is going to inevitably kill her. And then to see on top of that, compounded by Navarro's reaction and how she you know, chooses to to handle that, that news. Yeah. I mean, this is just and obviously we can't help but think that it's not just anger that the place let her go, that her sister had this happen, that she's lost her sister, but there's some realization creeping in that this is happening to me too. And I think that it's pretty clear to say now that the things that are being seen or supernaturally or ghost or whatever it is, besides something with Rose, only a Navarro sister is seeing, is seeing this stuff as far as I can tell. Yeah. Right. So there's a question about the, I don't know, metaphysical reality, if you like, yeah. of those visions, Julia, the orange rolls out. She looks under the bed you know, a, what I worked a ghost. I don't know what yeah. to call it. Um, <laughs> and uh, in the flashback, we flashback again to Wheelers. It was kind of interesting there how Danvers was saying, you saw something. And Navarro saying, no, I didn't. And she calls her a liar. Then what we see in the flashback, I guess what we see is her seeing something. Right? Yeah. And, and I think that if I'm remembering the timeline of this, that the Wheeler case is before the Annie murder, slightly before the Annie murder. Do I have that right? Uh, I don't think so, but we'd have to double check yeah. here. Yeah. We have uh, here, here's what I do know uh, fairly uh, with, 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 with a good uh, degree of certainty. They've said that the Wheeler case was the last case they worked together. That's right. That seems That's to right. imply to me that it was after. I mean, the a Annie K case was ongoing to the extent that they didn't solve it. Yeah. But um, that this was their last 
um, case together has been yeah. said, as I recall. And so I wonder, and I, and I think that, I don't know if they're trying to lead us to believe that at the Wheeler house, that's the first time that she sees something, but what she's going through, even Danvers tells it can be traced all the way back to, to that. And so this isn't like a, oh my gosh, you know, something is developing. It's happened to my mother. It happened to my sister. Now I can feel it's starting to happen to me. She's been dealing with this, maybe even hiding it for six, seven years now, um, ever since right. then. Um, and yeah, I, I think that we don't have any other instances of people besides a Navarro sister or Rose seeing a dead or spirited entity in, in any way. I think I have that correct. Yeah. Now, was you, your impression that it was always the same one? Right, so we've got at Wheeler's, we've got under Julia's bed, and we've got yeah. in the dredges at the end. Yeah, so I think that the end was a clearly different spirit or person or whatever you want to call it than what looked like could have been the same person under the bed and at the Wheeler house. Um, but it just could it just look completely different to me in terms of an extremely skinny female at the end. Whereas um, I I'm, I feel certain in saying they were different, but I mean, we have no way of knowing at this point. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure. So, yeah. you know, um, and these types of things can be really hard to, to figure out. Um, you can start digging into like, well, yeah. who's the actor, you know, but you probably don't find it. You know, I remember yeah. doing this on, on some other things. Like, is that the same yeah um, yeah um so we'll see if the show keys us in on that down the line or anything like that yeah um, and that was that was one of my questions that i you know put on here before we started is do we have any clue who this is or why right. the, why they are there it, it doesn't necessarily appear to, to me to be their mother which might make sense but i just have no no concept of who this could be Right. I mean, it's not Annie. No, it's not Annie. Um, I have no idea, really. Yeah. You know, just um, added to the list of mysteries we need, we need solved. Right. And the deeper one of like, is this season of True Detective telling us that there really are ghosts and spirits? Yeah. You know, um, the the Travis so this stuff kind of hit that front, you know. Yeah, so I, so I'm glad that you brought that up because, yeah, obviously, consume any content about this show, and this is the debate, right? Is this sort of a man-made evil that's going on here, or is this some sort of force of evil that's driving driving these things, or a combination of both? Um, and if it was only Navarro's seeing these things, or having these hallucinations or these visions, it would lead me to think that there's either something familial genetic or something to do with that family that's causing this but with rose having this sort of connection or this communion with with those who have passed on and danvers starting to at least have memories or visions or these things with polar polar bears it's like you could pretty easily delineate it if it was just navarro's but it seems to be for lack of a better term spreading amongst the town I'm glad you mentioned the polar bear because we should hit on the polar bear. Yeah, polar bear is kind of a weird thing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, previously, Navarro saw the polar bear in the middle of the road. Yep. And in this episode, Danvers sees a polar bear. And we can infer that it's the same polar bear because it's missing an eye. Missing an eye. And that stuffed animal toy also is missing an eye. Yes. On that, in this episode, Danvers throws out <laughs> into the yard, which yep. I don't know what you're doing. That, it doesn't make it go away. Nope. nope. <laughs> Just littered in your yard. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a big question, I think, about that, about that polar bear. Yeah, and it's clearly attached to this young boy, Holden, and what he carried around as his toy all the time. Um, we, I anticipate this will come up, will be, be answered at some point in these next two episodes. What happened with Danvers, whether it was husband or partner, with Holden, what caused her to or what what caused sort of their their death we can only presume and then so was a polar bear bear involved in that is what they're seeing real is this something that sort of can this connects this trauma that the two of them have i I just you know it's hard, hard hard to guess right now yeah i do infer that they haven't talked about it yeah because navarro finds the stuffed toy and she's she saw the polar bear on the road, right? So she has to be thinking about that um, <clears throat> as she's asking about it being Holden's toy. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't get pushed any further than that. Lots of questions. So I'm piecing, piecing some things together. Part of what I wanted to do, you mentioned Otis, like he's kind of shoehorned in here mm-hmm. or he's newly introduced. Um, it would seem that he mapped the caves where Annie was in the video i think yeah that's the assuming that he is indeed where she was yeah that's the inference from the geology teacher whoever he is that (laughs) they go see on christmas eve now i feel bad for not learning his name (laughs) geology teacher guy (laughs) whose wife clearly knows that he cheated on her (laughs) i I still still contend that a high school in the small town of venice alaska is not going to have a geology teacher, but it's neither here nor there. Let's, let's oh, no. It. I mean, you know, everyone has to take, like, earth science. I guess that's true. Yeah, maybe he's right? a general science teacher. Yeah, you'd have to expect, though, that he would be, like, the science teacher. Yeah. Not, yeah. you know, specifically, I only teach uh, geology. Yeah. Um. So, in, in the ice cave on the video, it seems like it's whale teeth, I guess. Um... At first, I think, hey, there aren't any caves around here, but geology teacher guys, oh, no, yeah, there is. And Otis mapped them, you know, so we'll see where that goes. And then there's this bit where Danvers believes that the power went out in both videos that she's watching, this this kind of flash or or what have you. And so they're at least theorizing that um, there was some power in the ice cave, which is Mm kind of weird. And uh, I think they, they they at least hypothesized that this other guy, Oliver, um, provided the generator. Of course, although Danvers makes Navarro and Pete go to Oliver's place on Christmas Eve, he is gone in the wind. Um, but he did take the time to draw some spirals before he, yeah. <laughs> before he took off. And, and leave a rock or something that had spirals carved, carved into it as, as well. This, I know this is could be a very minor thing. This seemed like the 
largest leap that we've had in the show that there must have been power in the cave and that power must have come from the guy who used to work with equipment at the research station. It's like, I think this is, and it's Alaska. There are probably dozens of people who have a generator for for various things. Like, yeah, why you, can get one of those little, you can get one of those, like a little generator, like put it on a little, yeah. little cart, you exactly. know, and, 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 and use it to power a light bulb or something, you right. know? Um, yeah. I mean, it just sort of served as a, as a pathway to get back to his little shack so that we can see that oh, the spirals got him too or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I guess it hasn't been definitively established, but they do jump to that conclusion and it seems to be panning out. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's What's going on with the spirals? Um, Are no we going to get any, we're not going to get any resolution about anything to do with spirals. That That's, that's clear at this point, right? You think they're just there for the vibes? They're just there to, for the fans to connect back, they're not going to actually explain anything about what it means. Um, you have you can't ruin the mystery if you want more spirals and more true detective seasons. It just has to be the the uh, point that connects each path along these seasons. I think. Yeah, we'll see. Ooh, maybe there's a connection here with the last thing. I think it's the last thing I want to talk about, which is Twist and Shout. We okay. noted, right? So in the previous episode, Wheeler was whistling. And apparently he was whistling twist and shout, which we did not catch. Yeah. But we should hit that point. Yes. Um, and then further this episode, the end credits are a slowed down cover version of twist and shout. So the show is very clearly telling us that this song is important. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on how? I <laughs> I can't think of sort of an immediate way, and I'm just sort of glancing at lyrics as we talk, an immediate way that this that this song would lend itself to any part of this, this mystery. Um, I mean, it's sort of permeated every piece of culture and has been around for 70 years almost. I, I, I don't see the connection, yeah. but I may just being obtuse about something or, or missing something. Or I have a couple just... of thoughts. Couple okay. Of thoughts. I'm, I'm all they, here. I, I don't I, know. This, these aren't, these aren't even like theories. Okay. There's like a couple of thoughts. Um, we go back to the Ferris Bueller scene. Yep. Um, I happened to just go ahead and rewatch that scene. And one thing that's pretty clear about that scene in Ferris Bueller is that the song Twist and Shout is presented as infectious. Okay. okay. People can't help but get into it, right? Ferris is doing his thing in the parade. Construction workers over there start dancing along. Mm. Ferris's dad, who's at work, hears it from the window. He starts dancing in his office. I don't know. Maybe, maybe so, that's so, something. So you're talking sort of earworm permeates us infects us much like uh, one of the major theories of the season is that whatever's happening in the mine is combining with what's happening in Salal to sort of affect the people in this in this town yeah maybe this is some kind of connection you yeah, know yeah yeah um, um, I can see that it's I don't know 
more of like a resonance or something. <laughs> than a theory. And the other thing I just got to thinking about is we went from the spiral to Twisted Shadows, well, the spiral sort of twisty and, you know, and you, you shout. Because you're, <laughs> yeah, because we you get saw the, ghost. Uh, we get the Lund, the Lund shout, right? That's happened a couple of times now. Um, Lund had the spiral on his, on his forehead. I, I, I just, as we get through now four of six parts, you, by mind automatically goes to what will they tell us and what will they not tell us? Like yeah. what boxes will be open and what will be left, you know, in JJ Abrams style, what will be left open to interpretation? How does the mystery work? Um, there are certain things like the spiral and like this song that I think, I, I think we may get some exposition of, yeah, the song was playing when Amber's got in a wreck when her spouse and son were killed. Right. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't explain why it's on repeat at the slaw station, why we there's listening, whistling it. I think there are a couple things like that, that we just, that may just be left up to, this is just sort of a mysterious, I just like to leave you think something to think about. Yeah. Or right. Or like, we land on a question. Yeah. Do you believe that the Beatles tapped into a deep and ancient <laughs> evil yeah. that, you know, or it's all coincidence. Yeah. You know? But Par- most parents in the 60s certainly think so. Yes, the Beatles were evil. Indeed. Yeah. It's, just, it's, all, it's, all, it's all rock and roll's fault. <laughs> That's right. Clearly, you know, <laughs> it's obvious. Obviously, if you've been paying attention. Um, so, yeah, but definitely worth noting, particularly yeah. the whistling thing. I was a little upset that we missed that. I didn't hear it. No, shout. I didn't hear it either. And this is what we we talked about offline. It's it's the disadvantage of watching this via screeners with no subtitles, no no context. It's uh, we got to do our best over here. Right. Cause you're saying the subtitles say it's Twist and Shout, but the screeners provide a bait. Um, HBO don't have subtitles or captions, which I do think is an accessibility issue and not okay, but I agree. You know, I'll, I'll avoid going on a rant about that at the moment. Um, I think that about covers it for this episode. Any, anything we missed here you want to get in before we're done? Yeah, we've really, I think, hit this one pretty hard. It, it is, again, not, in my opinion, gotten us closer to solving the mystery, but has provided a lot of layers of the onions of these characters um who they are and who they might be and what it leads to them doing as we get closer to the to the solving of this of this mystery i mean and also and also maybe worth mentioning there was the sort of this dust up between uh the original creator of true detective so pozzolato and isa lopez where apparently he's not a fan of this isa lopez like you know Okay, stay in your lane. We don't care. <laughs> I was I was gonna be fine just like to even not mention it because I don't care about yeah. it. I really I just whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it whatever. but it is interesting to see. We touched on this last week. Like this is this is a long horror movie, is is what this is, right? And I think that's great. This is Lisa Lopez's background, that's what she's good at. She's telling a good story. It's going to, I think, even ramp up as uh, Navarro continues to have things happen to her. Um, so I'm interested to see how this mystery and that element tie together. Yeah, good. Me too. And maybe maybe let me try to wrap things up here today with that. Like, let's revisit the questions, right? Because Annie was murdered. How did that happen? 
what was she doing in the ice caves in the first place? She had this relationship with Raymond Clark, which seemed like a good thing. Huh? I mean, I don't know if it was a good thing. Like, I mean, he's an evil guy. But anyway, they, they seem to like be in it together. They're having an affair. We haven't seen signs that there was a rift between them. You know, even if we're suspecting him of killing her, we haven't seen anything to indicate that he would want to kill her. What was she doing in the caves? Was Raymond involved in that in some way? Um, what happens when there is that little glitch on the video? And of course, she starts screaming and all of that and and so on and so forth. Um, it seems pretty clear maybe she died there and then was moved to the second location. Um, what does this have to do with her being stabbed 32 times? Yeah. We've also previously been told she was like kicked and so on and so forth. Um, how does Raymond factor into all of that? He apparently just went back to work at um, <laughs> Slaw yeah. for six years and yeah. just been hanging around and everything's been basically fine, I guess. Um What's the connection then with what happened at the research station? What's the connection between how those guys died who were in the corpsicle and what happened to Otis in the past because their injuries yep. were similar? So it seems like there's some connection there. And what happened to Oliver, I guess, is it's also kind of tied in here. But I think I've kind of yeah. hit on the central mystery, which is what I wanted to do. I think I think you're exactly right. There's a lot left to do in probably less than two hours um which again all more reason why we'll get answers to some of those but there are other things that will be left left for our interpretation yeah i mean i feel like there has to be some answer to like how these people died yeah I so, you know, so to, um wanted to hit that here as we wrap up but okay good good yeah. so two more weeks of this We'll be back next Sunday night uh, to talk about part five, True Detective Night Country. Hopefully you'll join us. Thanks always for listening. Do check out the website, tvobsessive.com. You can read uh, Ryan's right, uh, doing recaps of uh, each episode of this on there if you want to read those. Um, and there's other stuff about True Detective along with all sorts of other TV shows and so on. Please do support the site. Follow us on social media. Search for TV Obsessive. We do have a YouTube channel that I'm kind of trying to put more things up on in um, uh, at this point. So go to YouTube, subscribe, like, give that thumbs up thingy, um, and we'll see you next week. All right. Looking forward to it. See you then.